0: Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for having your way here in this place. Have your way in our midst, Lord. That. That your word would come alive in our hearts today, God. That you would be real and tangible. Um, that we could taste your goodness this morning. And so I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and have your way in each and every heart here? Would you come and stir afresh in us today? In Jesus' name, Amen. All right. So I am thrilled to be speaking with you all this morning, and I want to I want to jump off of some things I talked about last month, but I think. Need a lot more detail, um, and so I've been was talking through uh, the book of First Timothy um, in July, and I was talking a lot about prayer. And certainly, we teach and talk a lot about prayer in this house because we are a house of prayer, and it's central to who we are. Um, last time I spoke, I spoke about the different components of prayer. So we talked about petitions, thanksgiving, intercession. We were doing a lot of thanksgiving this morning. We're singing hallelujah. We're giving our high praise unto the Lord. And so, what I want to do. Um, today is really look a little more closely uh, at the concept of prayer, the importance of prayer, and give you some tools to pray. Um, What if I told you that I discovered a prayer book which holds the most precious and powerful prayers ever recorded? And what if I told you that in this prayer book, there were songs that flow right out of the heart of God And if you sing these songs, and you pray them, and you meditate on them, they will inevitably and most surely lead you into the presence of God, lead you into the heart of God. For these songs and these prayers come out of his heart. So when you pray them and you sing them, you go into his heart. Now, if I told you I had one of those, who who would want that book? Who would want that prayer book? Okay, most of you. Somebody that didn't raise your hand, I'm concerned for you. For 10 easy payments of $29.95, I have written this prayer book, and you can have, no, this is not a pitch. This is, a, this is purely a prop, um, because the reality is that book does exist, and it's, some of you, it's in your hands, and some of you, it's on your phones. It's a book of Psalms. It is God's prayer book, inspired by the Holy Spirit that gives you access to him in ways that nothing else that we currently have in this earth do. It's not interesting. We, do you see the Psalms in light of what it truly is? God's prayer book for you and for me to engage with his heart, to hear what has been prayed, but to pray it in, our, in the present to connect with this living, loving God. So today I want to give you some practical tools on how to utilize, not this book, but the book right here in the middle. Anybody ever played prayer roulette? Or not prayer roulette, Bible roulette? You know, you basically like, lo Lord, speak to me. And you flip open the Bible and you see what, I don't recommend it, by the way, but. Nine times out of ten, prayer roulette falls right on the Book of Psalms because it's in the dead middle of your Bible. So, if you've been doing it frequently, you're probably getting the Book of Psalms. I don't know if it's God, but He does speak through the Book of Psalms. So, we're gonna we're gonna delve in a bit to Psalms and why it's important and where it comes from. Um, that. The early church, it was very common for them to memorize all of David's psalms. So you want to talk about a book that's impactful and important. Um, In some instances, they required you to do it before you could become clergy. They required you to memorize the Psalms of David. Um, So you're talking about a significant book. If we just uh, jump with me to Ephesians 5, uh, verse 18 through 20, it says this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be what? Filled with the Spirit. And how do you do that? By speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father, for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And Rich was saying this this morning. He doesn't know I'm preaching on this, by the way. That they are, they're an access point. We come and we give him praise and it erupts something in our heart because that's how God has called, asked us to approach him. And when we do it, the spirit of God comes and moves and dwells in our midst. And so it's not only essential, it's this little book, 150 Psalms, it provokes us to all these various types of prayers, right? So it provokes us for prayers of thanksgiving, for prayers of petition, for prayers of confession, for even prayers of lament and sorrow and pain. And all of these are found in the book of Psalms. Just to give a little context for the book, it was compiled actually at after the exile of the Israelites to Babylon. So this book has got many different authors and an editor, which we don't know, um, but it was compiled at that period of time. It was essentially written almost like a new kind of Torah in that it was providing a pathway to God in the absence of a temple, and it was giving you these, these prayers and these emotional connections with his heart so that you could engage with him even when there was no temple, even as an exile. And so... How relevant is this today? We have no temple, but we, have the, we, we are the temple of Christ. We, we, we have the Spirit of God in us, and still to this day, the Psalms lead us into his presence to connect with his heart. So if you want to understand that the narrative of the Psalms, I won't get to it fully today, but you, you look at the construction. It's very specifically constructed. Um, Psalms 1 specifically talks about the importance of a life centered on God, delighting in God's Word, and meditating on his laws, Psalms 2 is very much focused on the end of all things, on this anointed one, this Messiah who is going to come and rule and reign over all the rebellious nations and make everything right. And so these two Psalms are intentionally put in the very beginning of the text to really set the tone for the rest of the entire 150 Psalms. Now, most of the Psalms are from David. So you have 70 plus that are written by David and that are about him. And many of the other Psalms are people that were under his direction. Um, David, interestingly enough, is the prophetic picture of the coming messianic king, who is Christ himself. So David, more than anybody else, has a heart after God. His heart is for God, after God, and he is a prophetic picture of the coming Christ. And so you have this, um, this man who's basically spilling his heart out on these pages of the Psalms. And while much of the Bible is much more narrative um, or has a more focus on letters, right, to certain people or individuals, the Psalms details the the very essence of the human heart. And it it gives you liberty and license to cry out to God just as David did and just as so many of the other psalmists detail in this work. So just to give you a little bit of the the books, there's five books um, in the book of Psalms. Uh, book one is really primarily about David's conflict with Saul. It starts with those two random books that I mentioned, but they're not random. They're there to set a tone. Then the next section of books is about David's kingship. Then you have the Assyrian crisis. Then you have the introspection and destruction of the temple and the exile. And the last book five is about the praise and reflection on the return from the exile and the new era that is to come on the earth. So it's telling a story in the midst of all 150 Psalms. And Interestingly enough, each of these psalms, you can categorize them into really three different categories. They're either psalms of lament, so psalms like like casting burden and guilt and hurt and pain, um, or they're psalms of praise, or they're psalms of wisdom. Wisdom's only a few, but mostly they're lament and praise. And I, the only psalm that is not either of those categories is actually Psalm 22, and it's both lament and praise. It's and it's also the psalm that Christ quotes on the cross. So really interesting, check out Psalm 22. Um, the lament psalms are the most frequent psalms in, in the entire book, um, and they are crying out in hopes that God will intervene. But I think an important element of that word hope, it's this expectancy, it's this, they're, they're crying out to God saying, God, see the injustice, see the, see the, the betrayal and the hurt and the suffering, and do something about it. But there's, there's a poignancy. There's an urgency. But there's also an expectancy. It's not crying out just because you're complaining or you're hurting. It, it is that. But it's also asking God to move and having confidence that he will move. See, the Psalms aren't just the blues. They're really expectant hope that God will make right the things that we're experiencing here on the earth that we know aren't right. We know on the inside of our heart, this is not how it's supposed to be. Interestingly enough, there's a progression in the Psalms. So this progression goes from intense and continual lamentation into Psalms of praise. So if you look throughout the whole book, first you have you know a decent amount of lamentation. I mean, David is running from King... King Saul, and it's pretty rough. Um, but as the book progresses, the lamentations continue, but the praises increase. And in fact, at the end of each book, of the five books, there is this pronouncement of praise, this, this sort of eruption of the praise and worship for God, saying, is, in a sense, God will have the last say. In the midst of the, our lamentations and our, our hurts and our pains, there is praise at the end. And so it's woven into every single book And even the entire book itself ends in this almost like a crescendo of praise where Psalm 146 through Psalm 50 is all high praise and worship. And it starts and ends with hallelujah, just as we were praying today, or we were singing today. Hallelujah. Giving him, like, the... This explosion of praise that, that is going to go on until the continuation, the fulfillment of the entire restoration of humanity. And, and so, this psalm book is so much more dynamic, so much, it's more captivating just than a nice devotional that kind of like we get a nice thing out of it. Oh, that was great. Like, and we sort of sporadically pick and choose a psalm here and there. This book is way more dynamic. We have not done its service. And, and I, I wanna encourage you to read it and engage with it afresh um, as we outline it a bit more today. Now, I, my, my most powerful experience with the book of Psalms actually came through the, the whole season of COVID. And, and I found myself, um, and you could probably relate, the, the tryingness and the anguish and the frustration in my heart um, from that whole season on so many different levels it really pushed me into the Psalms because I was looking to connect with God and, and, and I, I had this bent up frustration and pain and I really, I'm more of an epistles type of guy. Like I, I like to teach out of that stuff, but I, I couldn't stay there. Like something was, the spirit of God was driving me into the Psalms because my heart was hurting and I found there I could bleed, but not only could I bleed, I could connect with, with my God. Like I, I could I could lift up my complaints and my worries and my fears in a safe place because it was with him and the psalms took me back to him they actually allowed me to take those hurts and pains and put it on the table before the lord and let him minister to me in that place and so i found myself very much in the psalms all throughout covid actually named one of my daughters florence she's named after psalm 91 because i was in that psalm my wife and i were in it quite a bit in that season but i i find that that the psalms are so helpful in your wilderness seasons they're, they're, they're so fruitful in those moments where you feel dry, where you feel weak, where you feel disoriented. And you can find, wherever you're at, you can find it in the Psalms. I, I, I like to hike, and, and one of the sort of the pictures that I got that relates to the Psalm, if you've ever been hiking by yourself, which, by the way, you should never hike by yourself. So as a father and a pastor, don't do that. But let's say you were. And it, you went off the main trail, right? And let's say you you know you tweaked your ankle, and here you are off the main trail, get a bum ankle, and you're trying to get back to the main trail. So what do you do? Um, and, and and let's say in that process, I'm just playing this out. If you can visualize it with me, you are you basically can decide. All right, I'm gonna like I think the trail's that way. I'm just gonna blaze through the undergrowth here and just bushwhack you can tell i'm from the i'm from you know a southern place now i'm gonna bushwhack through there um you can either bushwhack through and and try to find your trail or let you see like a a few of these ancient paths right that nobody's really gone down but that there seemed to be somebody that went down this at some time or you can choose to follow those ancient paths what are you going to do Bill knows the right answer <laughs> but I, I, I would propose to you that many in this generation they would prefer to just blaze their own trail and say you know what I think that's where the main I think that's where God's heart is I think that's where God is I'm just gonna do it on my own I'm gonna blaze my trail and I hope that I plow into the main, the main path and that would be a huge mistake and that's what many are doing even the idea of deconstruct they're deconstructing their faith they're, they're people that are ice and many maybe you've done it like you isolate yourself and you try to get you try to get god like try to just wrap your head around him encounter him experience him but i'm telling you there's a much better way the ancient paths of the psalms the, the Holy Spirit anointed psalms that, that King David himself, he's singing these songs, right? And these could be the very psalms we're reading, we don't know, over King Saul. And the power and the anointing of God through him is driving out demonic influences over Saul. That's the power in these words. That's the power in this book. It's not just a nice devotional. It's God's prayer book for you and for me. And so I'd encourage you, if you feel like you're in that wilderness season, Get on the ancient paths that are the Psalms. Find one that connects with your heart. Because that thing is, it's not only is it safe, it'll drive you to the main trail. It'll drive you to his heart. These words are precious. These words are to be trusted, and these words are what we hold on to in our times of testing. I want to make two quick points about the Psalms. The first part, we find ourselves in the Psalms. That's where I found myself in the midst of COVID, in the midst of my trials. Uh, Somebody said this, I don't know who said this, but they said the rest of scripture speaks to us, but the Psalms speaks for us, and it meets us where we're at. John Calvin said this, Psalms are the anatomy of the soul. So where's your heart at today? Where's the state of your heart? What's driving your decisions? What's driving your thinking? What's driving your prayers? I believe the Lord wants to give you psalms today to guide you into his truth, into his heart, into his ways, to strengthen you the very way he did to King David and the very way he's done to so many of us in our wilderness moments. Psalm 42, I'm going to turn to that quickly. Psalm 42 Starting at verse one, it says this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God and for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? See, the Psalms reflect the heart more than any other book in text. They reflect the heart of the reader and the author. You know, Pastor Rich was reading this psalm during one of our prayer sets this week. And I found myself literally like my mouth is feeling dry. <laughs> like I need, I want more of God. I, I, I hear David's prayer and, and I feel it in my bones. And him just simply reading that and me listening to that, it created an experiential moment where I could press into God. In the same way David had to in Psalm 42. Psalm 27, verse 1 through 3. I've read the psalm since I was a baby believer. And it's always, it's been a, a really, an oasis of refreshment for me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, in it, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. I don't know how many times I've read this psalm. I, I, I dealt with in my life a spirit of fear, and it plagued me, my whole childhood, and it, it plagued me to a point where this psalm was my, my refuge, my way of getting out of that spirit of fear and getting my heart connected with the king of the universe who defends me who cares for me and whose love triumphs over all fear and so i use this psalm to get into that reality to get in that place with god and then lo and behold psalm 27 4 says this one thing i ask of the lord this only do i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the lord and to seek him in the temple In His temple. So now that my fears have been relinquished, now that I've brought my fear unto the Lord, now I can see Him in His beauty. Now I can delight in His temple. Now I can bask in His presence. And so, I'm just I'm giving you just a window into this is how this has changed and shaped my life. Uh, The Psalms connecting me to the reality of my King Jesus and what He's done for me. The Psalms, they give us permission to go through pain, to feel pain, to express pain. And I felt the Lord encouraging me. I don't know if, well, it's encouraging, but it, it's challenging, challenging and encouraging me. I think sometimes we, we deal, we complain a lot about people, about situations to other people because we haven't learned to complain to God. If we can learn to complain to God the way David did then all of a sudden that it changes how we see it, people and situations and it allows us to unravel the frustrations and the lies and the fears and it doesn't mean that we're we're not also being transparent with our frustrations and our hurt to others but if you come before the Lord first and you complain to him you let him get get your mind on him and on what's true and right and good, you're going to have a lot better complaining sessions with your friends, with your family, with your boss, because you've already brought it before him. And when it comes out, it's not so much a complaint, it's an honest heart connection because it's been processed with the king. And so it's not to, once again, discredit transparency, but it's to say complain to God first. And let him take a hold of that complaint. Second, second point, we find ourselves in the Psalms, but more importantly than ourselves, we find Jesus Christ in the Psalms. We live in such an introspective age, and it has benefits, and it's got some non-benefits, <laughs> to put it lightly. Some of the non benefits are we are really good at finding texts and scriptures that connect with what we're feeling and our frustrations, but we're not so good at finding our savior in the text. And some of our favorite scriptures are they're kind of Debbie Downers, to be honest, you guys. They're like the whoa scriptures, and we're like, Yeah, I really connect with that. God's like, Great. Now I want to take you to these scriptures that speak of me and my goodness and my mercy, and my power. And my strength and my redemptive plans. And so we have to watch ourselves. It's good to connect with God in the Psalms with our hurts and pains. But are you seeing the Savior? Are you seeing Christ in the Psalms yourselves? Because that's where the Psalms are taking you. They're taking you to him. Uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer has a book. It's called The Prayer Book of the Bible. It's about the Psalms. He says this. The daily practice of praying the Psalms. Thus cannot simply be a comfortable devotional exercise. Rather, it is the reframing of all of life towards the rule of Christ. It's a good word. I want to turn, turn with me to Luke 24, verse 44. Luke 24, 44. This is Jesus speaking. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must, this is the, resurre- the resurrected Christ, by the way. Everything must be fulfilled That is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds. This is the road to Emmaus. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So they could understand Christ in the midst of the Psalms. He was revealing to them his glory as revealed through this book. And so how rich and how powerful and potent is the book of Psalms when we understand Christ in it. As I mentioned earlier, David was the prophetic figure, right, of the coming Christ. And in a sense, David bore Christ in himself. And the anointing of God on him produced what we are reading before us. Jesus didn't just look to God for a fresh word in the midst of his trial and his suffering. He actually looked to the Psalms. Because these prayers are more than the prayer of David. It's the word of God. And, and Jesus himself is partnering and praying these very psalms. Psalm 35, or 31 rather, verse 5 says this. Into your hands I commit my spirit. These are the last words on Christ's lips before he died. The psalms. He was praying the Psalms. So, how much more should we pray them? And how much more can we connect with Him through them? Now, only in Christ can we truly pray. And only through Jesus can our prayer life actually be fruitful and connecting to the heart of God. But God taught us to pray, Jesus did. His disciples said, Teach us, teach us how to pray. And what he teach them, he taught them the Lord's Prayer. And if you take the Lord's Prayer, I don't have time to go into it, and you compare it with the narrative of the Psalms, they're actually quite similar. The Lord's Prayer mimics this, the book of the Psalms. And so through Christ, we know how to pray, and we access God in a way that no other book can. Worship team, could you guys go ahead and come on up? I want to close by, I'm going to list just different situations and scenarios that you may be in. And I want you, it's going to be hard for you to write down. I'm going to tell you a ton of Psalms right now. So maybe I can send out some notes to everybody. But essentially what I want to do is I want to go through where your heart might be. And I want to point you to where you can find that in the Psalms. Because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to connect with your heart afresh today, and I believe he's going to use this psalm book to to actually break something open in your life to get you out of the situation you're in and get you into his presence and into his realities. So if you are feeling guilty, if you are feeling the desire to repent, check out Psalm 6, 32, 37, 38. 51, 102, 130, 143. These are all psalms of repentance. If you're recognizing sin in your own heart, and it's frustrating and it's hurting you, check out Psalm Psalm 14, 15, 25, 31, 39, 40, 41. If you are experiencing suffering, true suffering in your body, in your mind, Experience the God who comforts you in Psalm 23, Psalm 37, Psalm 63, Psalm 73, Psalm 91. Experience a God who himself endured suffering on the cross. That you would know he sees you and he knows you and your suffering is not foreign to him. If you are dealing with sickness in your body, with lack in your life, with lack in your finances, read through Psalm 37, Psalm 103. Hear about a God who, because he loves you, desires to heal you, desires to fill you, desires to give you the things that you lack, that you may be fulfilled in him and may give glory to him by a long life and by a body that's healed and whole. If you're feeling God's commandments are burdensome, they're heavy, read Psalm 1. Read Psalm 19. Pray, God, would you help me to delight in your word? Help me to recognize its goodness and its beauty because it points to you. If you're in need of confidence for the victory of God over your enemies, if your enemies are knocking at your door, read Psalm 2. Read Psalm 21. Read Psalm 45, 72, 110. If you are feeling the burden to see the kingdom of God break forth in your city, in your family, in your relationships, in your life, pray along with Psalm 17, Psalm 39, Psalm 90, Psalm 102. If you are feeling hopeless and defeated, turn to the victory psalms. Psalm 46, 126, 137, reminding you that the imprisonment of darkness will soon end that the king of glory will have his way and lastly if you are in need of confidence of god's final victory of the messiah's dominion over all sin and darkness read psalm 2 psalm 96 through 98 110 and the very last psalms 148 through 150. pray those songs connect with those songs that you and your children's children may bring praise and petition all the days of your life till the very end, till the glory of God is manifest on the earth and the redemption of all things has come into fulfillment. See, I want to give you these tools and I want to, I, I, I want to share these things because I, I want you to see this picture. It's the same picture that I painted with a man in the woods, with a, which is sort of like me. I think that's happened to me before with a bad leg. It's the... It, If the Word of God is the pathway to the presence of God, then the Psalms are the foyer into the living room of God. If the Word of God is the pathway to the presence of God, the Psalms are the tributaries that lead you to the river of life, Christ himself. If the Word of God is the pathway to the presence of God, Boy, we need it. We need that power. We need that anointing. It's like the very shoots of a vine. The very shoots of the vine. That if we follow these psalms, if we follow these these shoots, they lead us to the root of Jesse. They lead us to the vine in which we find life and abundance and hope and faith. All things that we need. They're found in Christ. They're found in His presence. They're found in fellowship with Him. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.